Welcome to the University of the Free State Career Services Podcast, where we talk to experts about the ins and outs of jobs and share tips that will give you a grip on your future career. Dr. Rick De Villiers is a senior lecturer in the Department of English at the University of the Free State. He holds a PhD from Durham University in the United Kingdom and has been working at the University of the Free State since 2019. His research looks at modernist writing, South African fiction and the intersection between literature and philosophy. He's the author of many scholarly articles and one of the books is Eliot and the Bucket Low Modernism. It was out in 2021, published by the Edinburgh University Press. His next book will ask how literature can embarrass us. For more information, you can visit his website at www.rickdevilliers.com. Dr. Rick, how are you? I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. Good. It's good to have you here. Can we just unpack from the beginning? How does a teenager get to the university and want to be a PhD scholar in English? Um, I, I hope no one has that dream uh, as a teenager. Um, <laughs> but if you do arrive at university and you find yourself interested in your subject, I think that's the starting place. Um, if anyone wants to become an academic, I think they have to, in the first place, be extremely passionate about the thing they're studying. And that for me was English literature. Um, I was essentially functionally illiterate uh, in high school. I, uh, my parents forced me to read. I hated it. Um, and then I got to university, read Death of a Salesman in first year by Arthur Miller. Um, it's a very famous American play, and it just gripped me. And from there, I, I became a voluntary reader, and I read as much as I could, and then you know, went through the ranks. I, I did my undergraduate at the University of Pretoria, eventually got a foot in the door teaching um, first to honors year level courses. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go abroad and do my PhD on a subject um, that allowed me to look at my, I think, my two favorite authors in the world, um, the English-American poet T.S. Eliot and the Irish playwright Samuel Beckett. Um, and they both belong to... Uh, a, a period and a tradition known as modernism, which is code for many things, among which really um, one can say it's very difficult writing, it's very formally challenging writing, but it's also a writing that emerged um, during a very troubled time in world history between the two wars. So what you find in this kind of writing is very bleak and despairing, and that's how I eventually arrived at my book, which focuses on humility and humiliation. That's a very long-winded answer to your question, um, but uh, I hope I have covered some ground. Yes, no, be before we unpack your, your book, can you tell us what is the best part as an English lecturer? What's the best part of your day? Um, what's great about my job, I think, in the first place is that there are many elements to it. Um, I love doing research. I love writing. But if I had to do that eight hours a day, I think I would go slightly crazy. So luckily, I have the students in my class to balance me out, my teaching to um, diversify what I do at the university. And then, of course, there are you know engagements with your colleagues and um, with people elsewhere at the university, like yourselves. Um, so it's a very nice, various job. But if I had to 
isolate a thing that I find equally stimulating and agonizing, it would be writing. Um, because writing is the thing I enjoy most doing, but also the thing that gives me um, uh, just makes me despair sometimes because it's uh, it is difficult sometimes to get across what it is you want to say or to say it in a way that satisfies you. But mm-hmm. um, that that's I think what's nice about my job. There are many little bits that make it all gel. Do you, do you think it, there's anything else you would have done if? the journey you chose was not an option yes um yes i if 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 i if i won the lottery uh, in money and in talent um i would have become a professional squash player i think that would have been first prize for me not a lot of money in that but i i love playing squash um and then i suppose a, a slightly more realistic but even uh, but but probably equally unrealistic ambition would have been to become a kind of musician my my dad was a good pianist um but i abandoned playing the piano way too early i took up the drums played in a band for a very long time so maybe that would have been the alternative all right doc simple question what do you think makes you good at your job what makes you stand out i think um i'm obsessive to a healthy degree um by which i mean that i i pursue my my love of literature both in work hours and outside of it i have my research projects that keep me busy in the day but at night i will always be either reading a novel or reading poetry um so i'm constantly in touch with the thing that i enjoy doing um and yeah if you there's that cliche about you know doing what you love and then you won't be working we work we work hard uh, it's it's a job like any other but um i find it very stimulating to have something that can keep my interest even after i've driven home now if if someone is listening and they are inspired by what you are saying what advice would you give them i think the thir- first thing to say there is to be quite honest about how difficult it is to become an academic um it is a very small job market to begin with um and it's a particularly in the humanities it's a dwindling job market because there are so many people who are extremely qualified and there are just a handful of jobs but with that said um i think the only thing that got me here uh, in addition to massive amounts of luck was being very focused on what i did um but if you're an undergraduate listening to this um or maybe a master's student or even a phd student um the best thing i can i can tell you to do is keep doing what you're doing which is to read insatiably um to but also to become an active reader to not simply plow through novels or or poems but to draw the connections that exist between them and exist between those those literary texts and the world out there draw draw connections um make things matter um so become an active reader become an active reader can you share one secret about your job that people don't know about i think i've already touched maybe on that aspect um and that is that writing is both a pleasure and a pain um it's a pain when you're struggling to get your ideas across when you're tussling with difficult concepts when you've got a lot of material to organize and sometimes you're simply overwhelmed by the amount of stuff 
that you've got to compress into this 6,000 or 7,000 word article um, or if it's a if it's a book um, that's even more daunting um, and then at other times you'll have met your target you'll have written your three to seven hundred words 700 being an extremely good day and then you'll feel um, on top of the world so I think writing is is that for me it's it, it one would think maybe that because writing is essentially what I do that I it would become easier with time. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry to um, boast the illusion, but writing just gets harder and harder. And maybe that's because you just become more demanding of yourself as you go. How, 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 how have you dealt with students who realize that English can be advanced when they're in university? Um, so we've got a lot of students who take our English courses because they um, are studying education and hope to become future teachers of English. Then there's a smaller number of students who are studying just BA languages. But my approach to all of the teaching is the same. Um, I, I want to create critical and curious minds, or not create, I don't create them, I stimulate the curiosity and the, and the criticality that is already there. And I do that by very close textual analysis. So if you're familiar with my classes, you'll know that we read poems to um, to death. Uh, we 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 look at the minutiae. We look at devices. We look at punctuation. We look at everything, and that that holds true for for the novels we look at as well, because the text guide us in in what we think. So, um, in many ways, I think it's a very inviting subject to enter into because. It's just you and the text, and you bring your own mind and your your own experience to bear, but at the same time, you have your horizons expanded um, by meeting situations and characters and events that you might not be familiar with. And what I think literature adds to anyone's life um, is that, uh, and this is a, a quotation from um, the, the great critic Harold Bloom, who said that literature doesn't really make us better people, that's not why we study it, but it does help us overhear ourselves when we think. You speak with such passion. I wonder what are the hard or mundane parts about your job? <laughs> um, I suppose that the mundane parts are the same as anyone else's. It's answering emails, um, going to meetings that are more or less exciting. That those things can bog you down and they can distract you from the things that not only interest you more but are more important. So um, I always try and schedule my day in a way that I do all the heavy thinking in the morning because that's when I feel my brain is freshest and then I can do the, uh, the nuts and bolts type stuff uh, in the afternoon. All right, finally, Doctor, could you share some memorable experiences or insights that you have in your time working in the University of the Free State with students? Mm. Um, it's been a great time I've had since joining the UFS. I've now been here five years, um, two and a half of which were, you know, COVID, COVID struck. And I've enjoyed how the, the students have challenged me to adapt my, my ways of teaching. Um, I think I... I was still, although I had teaching experience from Durham and from the University of Pretoria, I think I was still in a very old school type of lecturing where I would pontificate from the, from the front of the classroom 
and I'd expect students to be diligently taking notes, you know, hoping that um, information would sort of magically transfer from my my own lecture sheet to their notes um, without passing through either of our heads. But I realized that we need to change the way that we're teaching, particularly after COVID. So um, the students have helped me develop more flipped type learning scenarios. Um, I'm teaching a course at the moment, for instance, on um, literature and poverty. And uh, I've got a very nice seminar going with a group of 10 students, and it's extremely interactive. Um, and they often make me realize things about the, the text that I hadn't realized myself. Um, and I think that's, that's the greatest part about um, m- a more collaborative type of teaching, which I've experienced here at the UFS. All right, Doctor. I'm sure by now you are an inspiration to a number of people, but who, who would you say was an inspiration to you? Well, and why? Uh, I did always look up to my own lecturers when I was a, an undergraduate student. Um, I thought they had the best jobs. And um, for that reason, you know, I kind of doggedly um, pursued this line, not thinking about other careers. Um, so I think that they've been role models, not only because they got to read books for a living, which is, which is great, but they've always been extremely engaging and engaged people, people who think critically about the world. And that's what I hope to be for, for my students, someone who doesn't just take things at face value, but prods at them and pokes at them and uh, unsettles them sometimes. All right, uh, Dr. Rick, we're going to get into a more subtle uh, segment in our <laughs> interview. Uh, can you complete the following, please? Sure. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee for sure, six times a day. Sweet or salty? Um, sweet for sure. I've got a, I've got a sweet tooth. I, uh, I, I can't, I, if, I, if I open a packet of sweets, I have to finish it. So I've got a fairly obsessive personality. Right. Remote or on-site? Uh, definitely on-site uh, w- within reason. Um, I like some flexibility, but if I had to choose between teaching on Blackboard and teaching face-to-face, for sure on-site. Every morning I? Every morning I get up at um, quarter to five to either go to gym, swim, or run. Okay. And my favorite word is? I'm sure you have a couple. Yeah, it's difficult to choose, right? In the English language, vast. Um, I think a good one is resplendent, you know, something that is particularly bright and shining. Can you say the word again? Resplendent. It's something that's, that's shining. Yeah, very bright. So I can say my future is... Oh, wow. If you've got a resplendent future, <laughs> you're a lucky man. All right, okay. doctor. Can you, where can people find your, your book? So my book is published by Edinburgh University Press. It came out in 2021. Um, you can order it through the publishers online. It's on Amazon. It's on Loot. It's on any on any, on any online bookstore. Um, and there are e-copies available as well via these platforms. Um, so and yeah, yeah, and you can look out on the website. I've got some information and some reviews there as well. If you want to know more about Elliot and Beckett and uh, that fun topic of humility and humiliation. And where can people follow your work, what you're busy with now? I'm on all the usual academic platforms, academia.edu, ResearchGate. Um, but I think 
The one I update most regularly is my own personal website, which um, you gave at the beginning of um, our our interview. Uh, so people can check out my website if they want to know more about that. Um, but they're also welcome students who want to know more about how, what it's like to study for an English degree. Uh, welcome to get in touch via email. Um, we've got our departmental website, which has all the relevant details. And finally, Doctor, what would you like to be remembered as? Uh, I would like to be remembered as um, a very good critic, uh, someone who writes incisively and who makes other people see poems and novels in a way that they hadn't seen them before. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Rick De Villiers. Doctor, may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Thank you very much, Ari, and thank you for having me. That's it for now. Listen to all our episodes to make sure that you get into the fast lane of career success.